0: the tallest building in town,
1: the library, because it has the most stories. We didn't
2: own a car, so we would go to the library with a shopping cart and
1: fill um, the shopping cart with our books. I was probably about six or seven, and my mom took me to our local library for a story time. I went
3: with my dad every Saturday morning. I remember coming here like since we moved here when I was five and every summer we did the summer reading program.
1: As the years have gone by you begin to realize how much you know interesting stuff the library has to offer besides books.
3: When I was growing up my aunt would always take me to the library. I was in third grade and then I loved the library the Carnegie Library.
2: I went to the story times that were at the library. The librarian was my dad.
1: Welcome back to the tallest building in town, where we tell stories about libraries and the communities that use them. This month, we're doing something a little different. We are gonna present the story of the Rock Springs Public Library. We'll be back after the story to talk a little bit about rural libraries. Just south
0: of where the Baraboo River cuts through Abelman's Gorge State Natural Area, and alongside a former branch line of the Chicago and Northwestern Railroad, The village of Rock Springs sits among rolling hills. The small community is 40 miles north of Madison and is surrounded by small towns and farm fields. There are no fast food chain restaurants and the only public school in the village closed in 2017. But Rock Springs is home to a public library. As the first part of a series where we focus on rural libraries, I wanted to talk to library staff at Rock Springs about the unique challenges and strengths of rural libraries. But in spring of last year, something happened that forced the village of Rock Springs to make some big changes. Several days of heavy rain that contributed to the Baraboo River overflowing its banks some 26 feet. The water surged over train tracks and down Main Street. Among the flood-damaged buildings is the Public Library, which was located in the lower level of the Rock Springs Memorial Community Center. I met with Library Director Katie Schofield and Library Board President Jean Holtz in St. John's Lutheran Church, where they have set up a temporary location.
3: Right down
0: here. Down here? Let's see. We We discussed the flood, how they are using their interim space to their advantage, and what the future looks like for this tiny community of around 300 people.
2: As far as village... um... Our census, yeah, we're like, I mean, we were 362, but I don't know what we are right now. Yeah. Because the whole downtown is going to be moved. moved. Moved? Moved. How so? Just going to higher ground. Really? Yes. Well, the current buildings will be torn down. They need to all be torn down. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So anything that you see, there's this church, and then there's two houses, but even the community center according to FEMA, mm-hmm. needs to come down or be moved. And I don't know if they're gonna, I mean, the cost, I don't know where we would get the money to move that building, but then across the street is a restaurant. Mm-hmm. And then there was like a apartment building. Mm-hmm. Now it's been many things, and then the bank. Mm-hmm. And then okay. there's um, the big garage, and then another flood zone, which was a bar tavern. So. All of that's coming down, and then there's a couple more houses that have to come down. So, When is that starting? Well, it's got to be done within, yeah. I would think some time in there. I mean, the time frame hasn't said. We have a year, so is that a year from the time they said when they said the year starts, or is that a year from the flood? You know, because everything's moving, and the last time we were flooded, it took two years to really get things down, and... Um, this happened before?
3: We were flooded in 08, was similar levels. Really? And the library was... Right,
2: and that's why now they're... They... Apparently, the way FEMA does it is they assess damage from previous floods. Oh, really? So, 08 was a flood. Oh. You know, and, the, and the, it's marked on the building down there okay. where the level was, and this year was, like, this much under that. Whoa. But it was... It was pretty dramatic, and then we were flooded a week later.
3: Mm. Yeah.
2: So it was like double whammy to right. all of the buildings and everything. So
0: so it hadn't happened before that then? Before, Rock Springs before 08? Is, or is just like a decades-long problem?
2: Well, we've never had it to the level it was in 08. Okay. I mean, that was like what we considered the 500-year flood. We've had areas in town you like Main Street will get flooded over so that maybe you can row a boat on it or something. So we're saying maybe game call. Oh my god. But to have it chest high or you know not be able to walk in it. Right. That's that's how bad it was. And the current that was coming through was really dramatic. So wow
0: what are, wow. I'm just wondering what these conversations are gonna be like then for this for this space. Like how do you make that plan?
2: Well it's being made. Um, because the village offices were in the lower level of the community center, which is where the library was located. Um, And the storage, it's temporarily being the village offices are in the old fire station. And we house a fire truck here that is kind of north freedom, which is three miles just east of us. And that keeps our insurance rates lower because now they are our fire protection. So we're looking at the space along the main drag here which is really prying real estate and taking that down and moving it maybe off to the side someplace and then we'll incorporate the library and the village offices and that other space all together right so we got a plan
0: jean talked to me about the sense of community that is so important to her and others in rock springs and how there isn't another space like the library there it makes sense for them to be next door for now in st john's lutheran church Still in the heart of the community, right next to the community center where they used to live.
2: The community center where we were housed was built right after World War II they started. It was supposed to cost over a hundred thousand back and that was in 47. and they built it for 10. All the community labor was free. All of the materials, most of them were free except for the rafters. So it was a big community effort to put that building up. And then um, we had completely remodeled the space in 7. And in the community center, right, and two days after our open house, it flooded. oh my goodness no it flooded then was that the flood of 8? yeah, mm-hmm. and then we remodeled again the whole thing and got back in in, in ten and how many times I mean every librarian that we is just like, oh my gosh, we got to move books again <laughs> <laughs> so this is it because <laughs> we finally have said uncle <laughs>
3: Yeah, because even when I've been here, we earlier of last year we moved all the books like two shelves up because yeah. and we sandbagged the building and it did flood, but it didn't get into the building. Right. And then in sixteen, they moved all of the books upstairs, and I think it didn't get into the building. Just right. kind of like right. barely. So it's a so you've had it's constant struggle. <laughs>
2: you've had this yes. on the brain for a long time. I was planning. I mean, that's to, why we know planning. It's times. Yeah, It really is time and it's just a matter of getting the whole community caught up to speed because when you look and you drive through and you, you assume, yeah, this building, this restaurant isn't open and that's not open, but you, from the exterior you can't tell that the damage has been substantial that it's going to come down. Water from the Bearboo River rose more quickly than expected
0: last night and higher than forecast. That has authorities going door to door to warm residents of possible flooding, which came as an unwelcome surprise for many.
2: We've learned to check what, you know, when you've had six or seven inches of rain and we watch the emergency government listen to what they're telling us. Mm-hmm. And I know my son is a good friend of the sheriff of the county and, uh, he said, it's going to be bad. It's going to be bad. And so Tom's calling, Mom, it's going to be bad. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and we also were able to see, you know, what was happening in Street. Mm-hmm. We kind of had that. And yeah, Walk yeah. and Hillsborough. So we had that And that, that all happened way before
2: it gets here. Mm-hmm. And in 08, I don't know why, nobody was conversing. And the water was already flooding the theater in Reedsburg. And it was flooding by one of the grocery stores, which is pretty you know when it gets over there that's pretty bad so nobody was following that in 08 and we were doing it in stages and this time when we saw the damage coming from up there it's like okay Mm -hmm. we gotta move now we're not waiting
0: what was the timeline like
3: so i got into work maybe like 8 or 9 a.m and at that point mary Jo and i were like okay we're just gonna move everything up on the shelves because the predictions that were coming in were bad, but not anything like they would be. And so I was like, okay, we can do this. And then I get a call from Jean being like, there's a trailer coming. We're moving everything out. (laughs) So I like posted on Facebook and the village shared it and the church shared it. And Mm
2: -hmm. How long did that take? By 4.30 that day, we had everything out. Yeah. And we had moved the trailers over by the school. There's a school across Narrows Creek, like, a mile as the crow flies and it's higher ground and it doesn't flood back there so we have them park the trailers there because the way we pack those trailers yeah was not roadworthy. <laughs> what's gonna tip <take? laughs> we ordered a second trailer like around one or two i think that's when i called in it do you have another one are these we,
0: like tubs and plastic tubs you're putting things in
3: uh we got mostly cardboard boxes that we put all of the, the books yeah. we're all in boxes up from the the buyers, mm-hmm. up, they're the artists up on the hill, so they have lots of boxes for like shipping art and stuff. And so they just—they weren't in town, but we had called them, and I, or they had called. And us I don't to remember how in. we even got
2: the key to get in because somebody local had their key, and yeah. so they just let us in. And
0: oh my gosh, yeah. we had gotten really looking... boxes
2: from there before.
0: Oh, I see. So I—oh my gosh, deja vu. That sounds <laughs> terrible.
2: <laughs> but we also took out everything in that kitchen, all the cabinets because they were all brand new eight years ago. Oh. The double ovens, all of the appliances that had to come out. It wasn't just books and shelving and computers. Well, South Central came. Mm-hmm. They were here
3: and oh. they had packed up all our computers. Reedsburg had a librarian who wasn't able to get to work because of the flood, and so she came here and helped us. So
2: all by four thirty.
3: Yeah, we were all out
2: of here by four thirty.
3: It was. I was kind of a lot of the time. I just felt like I was just like standing, you know, behind my desk, just being like, "But you weren't." What's happened? <laughs> I just, like, everyone was moving around me, and I was kind of like, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> kitchen, I mean, the building cabinets. was pretty much gutted.
0: What, what else were you taking out? Is that all? The kitchen appliances,
3: Well, there, we had a
0: large
2: community room down there, too. They moved. This is the thing. We were moving things upstairs above the, you know, the, the community center is a huge room it it's as big as a basketball court and it has a huge stage and so we were initially just putting things on the stage well we had an old Norma Jean I think was mm-hmm. the one that came yeah, yeah the former director and she said no don't put anything on the stage you're going to move it again you're going to move it again and so then we stopped putting things on the stage and we just put things in the trailer and it's a good thing we did too except now We've moved things back down there Yeah, because <laughs> we had to give the trailers back. <laughs> Do you have an estimate
0: of how many people were there that day getting over, that done so fast? Over
3: 30. I was going to say about that. Number. Yeah.
0: You've got current library staff, former library staff, volunteers, South Central, anyone else? Yeah,
3: yeah like some business, like Slumberland, they sent over yeah. some folks to help, Load which is like a bare appliances. boom business.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Holding the appliances because, yeah.
0: I just can't imagine the taking apart of things. That sounds like, the, was that the, the most intense part?
2: Probably. I mean, it's going to be an interesting process to put things back together.
3: Yeah. Like, what can you we We plan to
2: reuse everything we can reuse. I right. mean, our shelving. Um, we had our own refrigerator.
0: How many computers did you have? Or do you have?
3: Um, six that had access to the internet. One was like a kid's computer. And so they're all as essential right now.
0: What happened the day after this happened? It flooded. (laughs) (laughs) How long did you have to wait?
3: I actually went out of town the the day after it flooded. So did I. We left
2: for California because our grandson was graduating from the Marine basic training. So we were headed out of town. (sighs) So it was
3: like, well, this is our window. Yeah, my dad had a retirement party. So I drove to Michigan and kind of watched watched it unfold online my parents my family was like don't look but I was like yeah, I can't not okay, look
0: I mean that sounds so emotional
3: it was emotional
0: I yeah. can't imagine I think
2: for everybody in the village you know having been through it it's just you know seeing that compromise again and all the hard work I think we're over the hump you just realize that you got to move on
3: I'm Katie Schofield I'm the director of the Rock Springs Library. How long have you worked here? So I first started here June of 2017. What did you do before that? Kind of a variety of things. So I worked for the Worm Farm Institute and they do the fermentation fest and farm art detour. I don't know if you...
0: I am familiar.
3: Okay so I was the coordinator of the farm art detour for five years and have worked for them in kind of various capacities since I first came to the area. They're, they're kind of what brought me here. I'm an artist. And you make comics. I make comics. I work at a vegetable farm. So this is a part-time position, and then I work part-time at an organic vegetable CSA farm. It's amazing. Yeah, it's a good balance. How did you end up?
0: Deciding you wanted to be the director here.
3: Um, I mean, I've always liked libraries, and through my work at Worm Farm, I've done a lot of like community engagement. And I, my friend, had been the director previously. So I kind of knew from her what she had done here. And there's a lot of creative freedom, you know, at this moment, being a director is something completely different, you know, than what it was when I first started, when it's kind of more about programming and engaging people and reaching out and, you know, the other kind of director things. Yeah. But it seemed like a really just great opportunity to yeah engage the community in a new way and, be creative and you have to
0: take that like director's test don't you You have to get that certificate
3: you have to take classes so I'm actually starting my next class on Monday that will be about like collection management it'll be pretty interesting with my mini collection
0: Yeah, like how many other librarians do you end up talking with, or like who do you end up connecting with?
3: So when I first started, the library system like sets you up with a mentor. So Sue who's the director at Reedsburg, was like assigned as my mentor, which is great because I live in Reedsburg and oh, have great. kind of used the Reedsburg library a lot since I've been here, so I already knew Sue Ann. So she's been a really great resource for me and support, especially kind of in the last few months. And just Reedsburg in general, you know, I can call them anytime and be like, "What do I do about this weird thing that I've never experienced?" You know, right. but yeah, I feel very fortunate. I mean, I've called and emailed the library system staff so many times. They're always so helpful and so responsive. Everyone's been very generous with their time, and um, especially as someone who just is so new to the library world, you know, on top of everything else, mm-hmm. I feel like I feel. Yeah, grateful to have the resources that I do.
0: Yeah, a lot of people I feel like nowadays don't actually know what they're getting into, it seems like. And so they have these conferences and they're like, what it really means to be a director. Yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah I think I might have gone to one of those workshops. <laughs> I think maybe at the end of this whole process, I could probably like give a class or something. <laughs> exactly, like...
0: that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> I mean, what's been most surprising after you were actually in it?
3: I mean, one thing is that you realize all that's involved in creating a program, let's say. So previously, you know, I would help coordinate a program. So I'd have this one narrow focus on like, this is what I need to do. And now I'm like, okay, let's do adult craft night. And so I have to like, okay, here's what our budget is. And here's how we're going to market it. And here's, you know, what we need to do to set up. And so it's like all of the things like, of course, my staff helps me as they are able, but she's busy shelving books and, you know, processing books and interacting with patrons. So it can be a bit overwhelming that like, you want to do this? OK, you're going to do pretty much all the pieces of it in order to make it happen. Right. I mean, on the one hand, it's it's pretty great because, I you know, hearing from directors at larger libraries, you know, they don't get to interact with patrons as much. They, you know, occasionally I get to like shelf books or cover books and I like doing that a lot so I get, you know, I wouldn't really be doing that if I was at a larger library where my focus was, I'm assuming, more on the administrative side of things. So in that way, I really like it because I can kind of have my hand in a lot of things, but on the other hand, you have your hand in a lot of things.
0: After talking with Katie about her position, I asked if she could give me a tour of the library. She told me that one of the functions of the church is to use the basement as a gathering space for socializing with coffee and snacks after service. So the library's printer and copying equipment, circulation desk, laptops for library operations, they're all taken out of the storage space nearby. Katie said it's like Tetris, taking all these items out of the closets that are tucked away and then putting them back again once the library is closed for the day.
3: This is like one of our storage rooms. So we've got, this is like our temporary hold shelf where we put all of our patrons' holds. We've got a Rolly cart that has our printer and copier. And this is kind of like our miscellaneous supply. Rolly, everything has to be on wheels so that we can wheel it in here. This is, these are kind of like our kitchen totes with like different napkins and snacks and things. And then, yeah, this is like our craft cart. Books. So all of our, the rest of our books are in the basement of a bank in Reedsburg in boxes. And so we we go there fairly regularly to like switch out books. So these are kind of like Valentine's Day books that we brought over, but we haven't put out on the shelves yet.
0: I see. So you have books that you just, you can't put them all out. I'd
3: like to try to do it like once a month you know maybe not we're not gonna switch everything out but bring out like the seasonal like valentine's day and then like springtime and Mm -hmm. things like that just like keep it fresh because with such a small collection people are gonna be like oh we know what's there we (laughs) We don't we've already read that
0: it reminds Um, me of a bookmobile
3: Yeah, I actually yeah, I went to like this meetup at the Wisconsin Library Association Mm -hmm. for Mobiles just to like hear what other folks are doing. Right. So this space is also used by like the Sunday school Mm -hmm. classes, so we have to stay tightly together. Yeah. So yeah, so this is the stage. We haven't had a movie day yet, but I think we're gonna have one soon. So we can just we have a projector. That's amazing. Onto the wall. Yeah,
2: awesome.
3: And then we have a little bit of stuff in this even colder room.
0: Decorations.
3: Um, mostly like it's just like newspapers and it's
0: just Kleenex. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Things you put in storage.
3: That's mostly like church stuff, but.
0: I see wow
3: yes and yeah so this is our like main little library corner mm-hmm. so we've got five sections of shelves and we've got like a little bit of everything we've got picture books beginner readers youth fiction and nonfiction, a little bit of young adults magazines magazines
0: games what is that um bird
3: that's an owl (laughs) we brought over the stuffed animals that have been in the community center and then last week we brought them over yeah like oh we should probably bring them over the kids would like that and it was just like the stuffed (laughs) animals were just everywhere they were just so excited yeah and I think that's like the tricky balance to find is that my mind wants to just go like how can we just all the way take advantage of like being here in this weird in-between space but we're also like kind of more like, agile and like we can kind of do whatever we want because we're not tied down to a building. So I have all of these ideas of how we could get out into the community more or like, do like different things here to get people in the space.
0: Right and I mean you're supposed to be working how many hours a week?
3: 20. <laughs> yeah it's funny. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I wanted to ask about that work-life balance. I, I do feel like self-care is a really hard thing to remember and to practice, and something that we don't talk enough about.
3: I think making making art. I've, I've yeah been drawing comics lately, which you know sometimes relate to work and sometimes don't. They're kind of like diary comics, so like just taken from moments of my day. So that's something that I really enjoy doing and that kind of like I can like decompress a bit. I really like cooking and like fermenting things, go for a nice hike, but yeah if it's difficult it definitely is like come without like intentional effort. That makes sense. Yeah.
0: Is there anything else you'd want to say about this really interesting space?
3: I mean this is kind of not necessarily like a concluding remark, but I think working for an arts nonprofit for so many years really prepared me maybe more than like being in a library for this kind of crazy situation like arts nonprofits also you're like wearing a million hats and you're always kind of like the budget is never quite sure because you're always waiting to hear about grants and so I kind of have learned how to be kind of scrappy and like figure out like weird you know ways to do things so I feel like oddly prepared yeah (laughs) but yeah I think we're very lucky to have the patrons that we do and to be in the community that we are everyone has just been like super supportive and it's been so good to see like our you know loyal patrons be able to come back to us and, and they're happy to come back you know i had one patron who has been picking stuff up at reedsburg but let me know as soon as i can come back to rock springs she was like, you know yeah so that's really great so we're just looking to figure out ways that we can best serve them
1: So Katie is a part-time library director. It's amazing that she has to then figure out how to run a library without a building. Basically, I mean making it all from from scratch as a part-time person. Right. But it but it is cool because she gets to help define how that library will exist in the future in that community.
0: And yes, I liked how Katie was able to be creative in her library. You know, not only design displays, but as an artist, she's able to execute craft-based programs you know she's been looking into doing bookmaking comic making she's done a class about podcasts for adults so they can learn how to download them and listen to them
1: that's really great
0: but steve can i <laughs> quickly share a fact that i didn't know about rock springs until i went there yes so rock springs the Village That Roars. That's what you see when on the sign when you drive in. And so it actually has a huge cat rescue nearby, though, and it's called the Wisconsin Big Cat Rescue and Educational Center. And it has lions and tigers and leopards wow. that they've rescued. <laughs> and Katie said you can actually hear them from the library sometimes.
1: Can you go there? I forgot. Yeah. It's got tours and stuff. Yeah, yeah. okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, rural libraries often have really unique opportunities to work with organizations like that. And a lot of times they'll also work with their school district and in a small community, sometimes schools and churches and big cat rescues are the best partners that a rural library can have. And Shauna, did you know that 300 of the public libraries in Wisconsin are rural?
0: No, it didn't.
1: Usually, they consider a rural library to have a service population of less than 6,000 people. Mm. But I guess I would consider even larger cities like Beaverdam, Portage, Wanakee, Fort Atkinson. I mean, those are, those are fairly rural libraries. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, they're somewhat closer to suburbs or larger communities, but, and they, they do serve a larger population, but they're, they're pretty small. Um, the vast majority of libraries in Wisconsin are rural. And most of those are run by people like Katie, who are not academically trained librarians. Mm. Um, So you get a lot of kind of a cool mix of different backgrounds and personalities um, and ways of thinking about how to do library stuff. Um, So in the U.S. as a whole, a third of the public libraries are considered rural. So there's like 16,000 public libraries in the country, and a lot of those are rural.
0: Steve, why do you love rural libraries?
1: I guess I love them because, um, and I guess, I mean, I have to say, like, I'm biased because I worked in a rural library for so long, yeah. But so many of the people that I worked with, I felt are so they're sort of like unsung heroes because they're doing so much for their community. And a lot of them, like Katie, they're you know part time. I'm making air quotes right now. They're part time, yeah. But I mean, they like they're there 40 hours a week or 50 hours a week, and they're only getting paid for 20 to 30 or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they work just as hard as as anybody at any library. And I mean, they don't get paid as much. They've got weird hours. You know, a lot of times the communities are just feel very isolated. Right. Um, so, um, like I said, I really appreciate the work that they do. And I think that their stories deserve to be told.
0: Yeah. And I want to hear more stories about rural libraries that aren't, you know, stuff like this, where it, get, it reaches the Wisconsin State Journal. You know, but it's yeah. because there's a flood. Sometimes you have to dig kind of deep to find that information because they're so busy. You yeah. know, they don't have like maybe a marketing team right. or communications team that's sharing the really interesting things that they do.
1: Um, and we'll have a few more stories to tell about rural libraries as we continue this conversation next month.
0: So thanks for listening to Tell Us Building in Town. We're streaming on Spotify, we're available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. So don't forget to subscribe and give us a review, so we can get some funding from that one company that sells mattresses through the mail. <laughs> uh, Casper.
1: We. Oh my gosh! You can't say their name, not, <laughs> now they have to give us funding.
0: What's your impression of the, the like theme music?
1: Oh, my impression. Ding 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 ding. It's hard to do. They're really. That's they're why really... I wanted to do it. <laughs>